all night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. This is WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Carroll, CBS News, WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus. Edmiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kay Kaiser. Hi-yo, well, that's good. This is Aunt Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The monitor edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard. And Jim Reed. And Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam. And greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Edda is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. With a nocturne, we send as... This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Lightman, WPTF News. Good evening, I'm David Sherrill. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dell here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Hey, everyone, great to have you with us this This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Garden Report. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF. Record Vault. Good morning to you. Tom Kearney here. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back for uh, one more hour this morning on the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayleigh here along with Brother Rufus and Brother Gerald. Gerald uh, Adams. Uh, of uh, Gerald and Henry, or is it Henry and Gerald? It's Gerald and Henry's plants, okay. but Henry's really in charge. Bed. He just turned yeah. three, and yeah. Whew. Oh, he he is uh, <laughs> three years old, huh? Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> three going on thirty. He's making a name for himself. And as I told him, you're you're a little older, you're a little bigger. It's time for you to do more work. That's right. You got to earn your keep, boy. <laughs> Put him in charge of counting. <laughs> Counting or accounting? Accounting. Uh, <laughs> Steve has been waiting a while. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Now, have we got you now? Is, is Steve still on there? He's, huh. We lost Steve. Steve, call back. 
Susan is with us. Susan, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hey. I'm calling you from the lovely J.C. Ralston Arboretum today. Wonderful. Uh, There's a wonderful iris sale going on. I I thought there uh, certainly is. I had had wind of that. Susan, that's wonderful. Y'all are nice people, like great plants and nice nice people. people. (laughs) Please come down and join us. Well, Susan, I've been uh, hoping to find some beautiful uh, irises. Well, please come. We have re-blooming irises. We have small irises that will grow at the front of your border. We have irises that start growing in March, and we'll go all the way up to, oh, May, maybe late May, if you're lucky, with the weather. Mm-hmm. There's a little, in my neighborhood, there is a little clump, and I'm not sure if they're iris, but they're very iris-like. I haven't, uh, they're on somebody else's property. I'd like to take a photo of them, but they are the prettiest blue, and they seem to have uh, a little yellow center, but it's very striking. I've almost run into cars. uh, Is is it a Siberian iris? Does it have thinner thinner foliage? It might be a Siberian iris, but it has the prettiest blue, Susan. Well, the the Siberians will have that um, kind of fine, uh, strap-like foliage. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to investigate that. Not as wide as the the bearded iris. Mm -hmm. It's growing... Uh, in May with the bearded iris? It's uh, blooming right now. Blooming right now? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that may not be a... It may, yeah, it may not be an iris, but it, it, it kind of looks like an iris. Uh, I'll, I'll have to stop. You're going to have to take, take a, some pictures. Take Mike. a picture and figure out yeah, what it is. I'd yeah, I'd love to see a picture of that. Mm-hmm. But we have iris in pots. Um, all the pots are 10 bucks. All the little irises are six bucks each. All the uh, tall bearded are even the rebloomers are eight bucks. Hmm. So um, we have a quantity discount. We now have um, the way to take uh, credit cards. So bring your cards on down. We um, we still have plenty of irises to choose from, and we have pictures of each. So we'd love to see anybody here we'll give you instructions we'll answer your questions for free um children get a free iris so come on oh wow now you're at the arboretum where at the arboretum are you we're inside the uh, education building in room 105 there's ruby mcswain building right that's right the mcswain building and how long are you there today we are there until we were here until three o'clock this afternoon. All right, and it's today only. Today only, I'm afraid. Okay. But in September, we'll be back with a beardless iris sale. So Siberians, Japanese, mm-hmm. um, uh, Louisiana, and something called species that is a. Uh, crosses between two beardless irises, so they're very interesting and very uh, unusual in your garden. Oh, wow. So we'll be back. That's wonderful. Again, the Ruby McSwain building at the Arboretum today until 3, 
and uh, the Irish Society is there. And uh, go by and enjoy, and, and uh, you can you can find beautiful, beautiful plants that will last for a lifetime. And I want to warn the neighbors about this all of this um, stormy, hot weather we've got right now. Yeah. The irises, the bearded irises, may not like all this rain, especially if you don't have them um, so that they will drain easily. So be on the lookout for mushy-looking places in the on the plant or on the rhizome, that, that potato-like thing that's in the soil. Um, you can cure it with a little bit of Clorox water. Um, you can even scrape out the mushy stuff with a <coughs> spoon and apply the Clorox water. Uh, we, we put it on, well, I have used just straight Clorox when it's an emergency, but if you have uh, uh, a, a diluted solution of Clorox and water, about one part Clorox to ten parts water um, is the remedy for it. So um, there are things that you can do to save a plant, um, but um, be careful for that kind of thing right now in this kind of humid, hot weather. Well, of course, the plant we get from you, Susan, though, will be perfect. There'll be no rot <laughs> no on it or anything doubt. like that. No doubt. Yeah. No, no. No rot here. We've uh, inspected all of these. They are locally grown and in good shape. And I'm sure you will uh, tell the, the people who come by to buy these plants how to plant them and when to divide them. Absolutely. Okay, good information. Did you say you don't have any Japanese or Louisiana today? It'll be September. Not today, but we'll have those in September. All right. We'll be putting out information about uh, the date in September, and we'll be here again at the Arboretum. And you call us again. You be sure and call us again, Susan. I sure will. Fantastic. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Happy gardening. Happy gardening. I'm going to go by there. She said Bye-bye. She said the neighbors, too. See, this is a continuation of Ask Your Neighbor. It's wonderful. Yeah. Steve, uh, Steve is in Garner. We got you back, Steve. How you doing, buddy? You got me now. I got you now. <laughs> you got us. You guys cut me off a while ago. No, I didn't cut you off. What do you think? I don't have any control over that. Jason, okay. did, you cut him, did you cut him off? Jason didn't cut you off. We're on our way to Fayetteville for a concert. My grandson plays saxophone in the orchestra down there. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, well, we're, he's pretty good at it. I'm glad to hear it. You you doing okay? Anyway, you were talking about ground cover. That uh, painter's talent, if you get a damp, dark spot, deep shade, that painter's talent that I brought the farmer's market that one time, that's a good ground cover. It's uh, it it uh, spreads by itself. Gerald, I think you've mentioned that one before to me. Painter's palette. Yeah, but it's got to be a little wet. It it, it won't it won't work for the dry places. Well, yeah. not necessarily wet, but not not super dry. Yeah, that's a great addition there, Steve. It's pretty. So your uh, day lilies uh, are pretty much finished. Oh, lost that cell tower. 
Steve, we lost you again, I think. No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. You're, you're much clearer now. All right. Well, that's great. So uh, what about what about the daylilies? Well, it, uh, we're down to... We're down to 11 plants in bloom right now, but the deer are still coming in, and we just can't keep them out. So oh, wow. We're going to just, next year, we're going to fight them. Oh, okay. Uh, we'd like to hear how you're going to do that. <laughs> no, may not want to know. I don't know if we do or not. Next year, I'm going to put my camo on, I'm going to go out. <laughs> well, uh. City of Garner will be happy with that, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, we we just came back from the national convention in Asheville. Had a great time. Wonderful. Came home with uh, 15 plants, and we got to get those. We got we're going to get those around. So anyway, uh, we're. Uh, I just wanted to call in and let you know about the painters. Well, we're always glad to hear from you, Steve. Okay. We'll listen to you on the radio. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. That's our buddy Steve from Garner, the Daylily guy. Uh, 1019, W make it 1020, WPTF time. More of the weekend gardeners straight ahead. listening to the longest running gardening show on the radio it's the wptf weekend gardener with mike ann and rufus all right we're back it's 10 24 and uh brother rufus and gerald adams with us here on wptf i got a letter from um some folks and uh they say mike we look forward to the weekend gardener program each saturday and they have several questions. We have coral bell azaleas. They have not been pruned in a long time. They're currently four to six feet tall. When and how should they be pruned? And, go, go to it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, I mean, ideally I would have told you to prune them after they bloom. Right after they bloom. In the yeah. spring. And the longer you delay, you know, they set that bud in the fall even though you can't see it for yeah. next year. So don't don't wait around to November to do it. Just go ahead and do it now. They'll have time, plenty of time. About a third. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean, you can just realize the the more you whack them, I mean, you you you're not going to have a lot of bloom mm-hmm. uh, next year from it. But they they're pretty hardy and resilient. They come. That's a beautiful. There used to be pink ones at the governor's mansion because I planted them. Yeah. There. I don't know if they're still there or not, but it's a very pretty color pink. Yeah. We have several volunteer Nandinas that are oh. it's four to six feet tall, too. When and how should they be pruned? Now, they have to be pruned and always talked about pruning them in sections. Right. If you look at them carefully, they will have growths coming up that are not the same height. So yeah. that you don't want to give them a crew you, cut. You don't want, you, you, that's a hand pruner. Yeah, uh, and if they were big enough, maybe even a lopper. But you don't take and put a flat top on those. You can take the individual ones and cut some of it out to lower it down. Kind of depends on how how you want them to be. But the truth of the matter, a lot of the volunteer ones like that are the old varieties that get six, eight, ten foot tall, and you're not going to be able to keep them two or three foot tall. I mean, it's just not the right cultivar. Uh, for that, but any time that's the most resilient plant on the 
kingdom come, but they'll look weird if you try to shape them up with a yeah. electric or gas pruner. You just want to manually drop the individual growths down some. Rufus, this uh, is for you. Uh, Rufus has given his recipe for a combination of materials, soils he uses for potted plants. Please share that information and also on cleaning pots with Clorox. Oh, well, I just, I, I, I do the third, 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 and on good soil, our, our wonderful uh, cow manure, uh, black cow, uh, throw a little sand in there, just a little sand for uh, a good drainage. And, and uh, uses playground sand, yeah. like a, a sandbox sand. And then some, uh, always uh, the, the finely ground Pine, usually pine, Gerald. Yeah, pine fines. Pine fines, and then I just have some some topsoil, and and uh, I I normally uh, use some of that when I, when I mix it up. Uh, what's that that slow release fertilizer that comes like a little grout? O- osmocote. Osmocote. Or... I I usually sprinkle some osmocote in while I'm mixing all that that up. Gerald, you got uh, any At, thoughts on that? Well, as the Iris lady we just spoke to a while ago, yeah. Clorox at a ten to one, uh, mm-hmm. one part Clorox, ten parts water, uh, is will sanitize any container. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a good way to clean the pots, and an inexpensive way to clean the pots. Uh, the the key in that container is that it's going to drain well. So if Say you were putting it in some beautiful ceramic pot that only had one hole in it, I would come back and put a handful of larger gravel or stones over that yeah. hole so you're not going to clog it up with soil, yeah. which could plug it up, dry like cement, now your pot won't drain, and whatever you got in it is is a goner before too long. Uh, when possible, I like to add more holes. And if you've got some of these big nursery pots that have holes all around in the bottom and you, you don't need to do that gravel. But if you only have one or two or three holes in the bottom of that pot, then you need to put enough rock over it where the soil can't wash down into it and plug up your holes for you. Well, well on that, I like, Gerald, what I like to do is put a brick, a brick mm-hmm. or two under to lift the thing up. That helps, too. You've got about 20 seconds. And, and above all, all the tomato talk in the world you do, if you don't sanitize that pot, Something's going to happen. No, That's right. Bad. Very good. All right, we'll uh, talk to Sandra in Sanford, Donald in Broadway, and Thelma in Cary coming up as the WPTF continues for another half hour today. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. There we're back. Uh, hey, uh, attract delightful, colorful hummingbirds to your yard. The friendly folks at Wild Birds Unlimited in Raleigh and Cary have a pagoda and small high-perch hummingbird feeders and some nectar and nectar guard tips that can uh, be yours this month. You can win that prize pack. If you just go to the contest tab at WPTF.com and register. That's a pagoda, small high-perch hummingbird feeder, and uh, some nectar and nectar guard tips. So nice prize pack from the folks at Wild Birds Unlimited. Just go to the contest tab at uh, WPTF.com. 
And Miss Monica is sending – she just sent me a picture of Rebecca Peach. Rufus, Ooh. you could have uh, – you could have met. I guess that's Rebecca Peach. Maybe not. Maybe that's just the Peach. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess Rebecca. Well, I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Peachhead. I guess that's. Oh, Rebecca. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's Rebecca or not. I may have, may have just assumed it was, and it's probably not. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Well, you got to be careful these days. She said that's right. Uh, assuming somebody's other uh, identity. Yeah. That's, but she also said that they were uh, up there in the market shops where you buy your uh, Rufus dog, that they are making those snowflake things. It's like I it's know. like ice cream, but it has fresh fruits in it. It tastes like a banana split or whatever they put in it, but it's good for you. It's I mean, wonderfully it's, healthy. Yeah. I, I can't wait for that. Oh, oh, that's Maggie. Oh, okay. That's I guess that's Miss Maggie, Monica's daughter, dressed up like a peach. Oh. Is that right? Impression. I don't know. That's not Rebecca. Rebecca Rebecca's going to be mad with me now. That I. So Monica says that Maggie volunteered to dress up as a Pete's that day. Good little Maggie. Good little Maggie. All right. So um, thank you, thank you, Miss Monica, for all of that information. You know, uh, your car, uh, or truck, or whatever you got is. Uh, pretty important quite an investment uh, i mean it they cost a lot of money now so uh, each season no matter especially summer i mean summer is really tough on a vehicle of any kind and it's a challenge to uh, to keep it in good shape keep it healthy keep it uh, safe so king's auto service believes in being proactive you know do maintenance on your car and that way maybe uh, it won't break down as easily, especially in the hot weather. So now's the time to check the belts and hoses, fluid levels, uh, all of the antifreeze protection levels. Uh, the uh, or in this case, uh, you know the it, antifreeze becomes something that helps uh, keep the car in good shape in hot weather and things not boiling over in the radiator. Uh, tread depth on your tires. Maximum handling and uh, control of your vehicle are also important for summer weather conditions. King's Auto Service can help with your preparation throughout the year with uh, continued uh, theft of catalytic converters. I don't know if you know about that, but they're they're stealing the catalytic converters in just minutes, seconds, to uh, get the the copper and, and other precious metals out of them. And uh, they've come up with something called the Cat Shield that you can install on your catalytic converter to uh, keep thieves away. So uh, give them a call. They'll help you with that so you don't become a victim and spend $2,000 replacing a catalytic converter. Uh, For those of you driving, driving a Prius or some other type of hybrid vehicle, they can help you with that too. Maybe uh, you're you got 150,000 miles or more, you need to check out and make sure that the battery's okay on those uh, hybrid vehicles. And so go to call call the folks on Monday at King's Auto Service. They can help you with that or any maintenance problems. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube. Easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. King's Auto Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. 
Sandra is in Sanford. Sandra, good morning. You're at WPTF. Thanks for waiting. Well, good morning to you guys. Yes, ma'am. Uh, first time caller. Oh, wow. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. With my mom. And so it's a family tradition. And I'm just Wonderful. Thank you. I hope my voice lasts the rest of the show. I don't know what happened. I know. I have <clears> a couple <throat> things that's really unusual I've never heard of before and may be very common to you. Uh, real quickly, the first thing is I've got a pink camellia bush that blooms in February. And it's about five or six feet tall. And it's been in the ground, I bet you, 20 years or plus. But every year... The top half of it and the outside leaves always turn yellow. It'll bloom, you know, it'll have the bloom sort of on the interior of the bush, but it's never fully bloomed and pretty like a lot of other bushes I see around the area. Is there some kind of disease in it? Or? Have you fertilized it any regularly no. or recently? or? No, sir. Uh, never. That's best probably. Uh, the issue, um, I would get uh, any kind of slow-release fertilizer. I mean, uh-huh. Osmocote is a brand that you see pretty widely available, and you're going to see something like a 12-12-12 or 14-14-14 in it. And pretty much, if it's six foot tall, I might would throw two handfuls around the perimeter of it. But mm-hmm. that's probably the most likely reason, particularly if the rest of the plant looks good. Uh, I, I would start and go from there, and and, and you can do it any time uh, uh, mm-hmm. now uh, and see if that makes a difference. Do you right. do you happen to remember which particular variety is it? I'm assuming. No, I don't because I didn't actually plant it. Okay. But um, it'll look green and pretty. It yeah, does now. The only it's other possibility, by the winter, if um, if it was in a is it's not in a low spot that holds water, is it? That's the only other thing that would come to mind besides a mm-hmm. nutrient deficiency. Sometimes, if it's in an area that's not draining well, and we have a little mm-hmm. more rain than normal in January, February, sixty days, kind of leading up to that. That can stress it, uh, and and the plant will start to show a lot of yellow in the the tips uh, of the leaves. Okay. But if that uh, if you feel like that's not an issue where it's at, doesn't is not like a place that stays wet or gets wetter than other parts of the yard. Right. Uh, try, try, try the fertile try to fertilize it and see if you notice a difference this coming year. Yeah. And when do I fertilize it? I, I would do it now. I mean, basically, Osmocote is about a 60-day fertilizer. It takes it that mm-hmm. long. I would do it now, and I would probably do it again, say, maybe Thanksgiving, some somewhere along uh-huh. in there. I have some of that blue miracle Uh th- th- I, I don't – that's too quick – uh, and too much nitrogen in it, there? Probably not. It'd be unlikely that it would be too much nitrogen. Uh, but I, I, generally speaking, when you can give it a slow feed, there's no right. way you could put too much with the slow-release fertilizer. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. And that's what you want it to. And it basically, there are different types of slow-release, but some of them last 45 days, some 60, some 75 days. Mm. But I think okay. giving it a little shot now, and in particular catching it again a second time, 
if you don't see a noticeable difference, you know, this February after doing that twice, then something else is going on, and we need to revisit that. Well, Sandra, is your yellow spot, yellow leaves, in in particular spots, or all over the tree? It's. I would say it's more on the top third of the bush. Well, I I, I would now if you remind, I would cut it out. I'd, I'd cut that particular. <laughs> Part of the tree but, out. but it's green the rest of the year. It's only then in the kind of the dead of winter, and then it green. Like right now, is it green or still got yellow in it? It's mostly green. Okay. Yeah, try fertilizing it one time and see if you sh- you should see a difference even before then. Uh, the rest okay. of the plant should green I'll up try. better, and you shouldn't see by no you shouldn't see any green in it at all well before it gets time to bloom, if indeed that was the problem. Okay. Well, I have another question, if y'all don't mind. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. I have something I've never heard of before. I Googled it. Uh, about three weeks ago, I had a real hard rain. Thunderstorm come through, and afterwards, there was this yellow foam-looking uh, stuff on top of my mulch. And I tried to Google it, and it was saying that it was dog vomit fungus. Yeah, well, won't, won't hurt a thing. Won't hurt a thing other than you be careful because when it dries out, you step on it, and black dust to fly up all out of it. But generally speaking, it's not going to cause any problems. It's not going to. Mostly cause problems to you when it no longer is yellow. It kind of turned the same color as the mulch, but it's still got this black powder spores in it and you'll step on it and it'll look like you've you know stepped on a dust pile okay I didn't and you'll say an ugly word or two uh but generally speaking oh, sandra wouldn't it's, it's pretty uncommon for it to cause some issues with the shrubs or plants where it's at yeah okay i've never seen it before and i'm like okay where'd this come from i understand i had uh my wife and i had saying that you had to Really be careful eradicating it, you know, getting it up and yeah, you, your tools. And, you, you can spray some fungicides on it that will dry it up a little quicker, but most of the time I don't even bother to go to the trouble to do that. Okay. I thought, man, this is about like coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to worry oh, about no, that. On the internet, you know, yeah. you're saying, you know. Right. You had to go to all these extra measures to make sure your tools were sanitized. And yeah, you can move it around to other mulch beds, but it, it, it's not that common for it to become uh-huh. a plant-related re- issue. It's more of a unsightly and right. particularly unpleas- unpleasant when you step on one of them and that black dust <clears throat> pops all up all over you. Uh-huh. Well, what is, do y'all have a home remedy for voles? Voles um, or moles. I my flower garden, and I have a variety of different plants, but the one thing it liked was an Asian lily. Yep, yep. The, and I even, I didn't realize what I was dealing with to begin with, and I pulled, I, it flopped over, and I thought maybe the rain knocked it down. And there were no roots so left. Pulled, yeah, if you, I if pulled it, it up and brought it in the house, glass of water for about a week, and it looked like it was going to survive, so I went and replanted it to a different part of the flower bed. Yeah, and the next morning, that bowl had practically pulled it under ground. Well, I know Ann used to talk about uh, finding the holes where they're, they're coming out of the ground, 
and uh, getting a piece of apple or some peanut butter or something and, and with a mouse trap, put that in there and put it beside the hole and put a pot over the you, hole. You have to cover the trap. They won't go into the trap to get the food if it's exposed. Yeah. So uh-huh. if you put like a brick and tilt the pot up and put the mouse trap up under there, uh, they'll go in there and you can catch them that way. But you get you, them all day long. But it's, it's usually it ain't one. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're little it, field mice. It, it, it's a yeah. field mice with no tail. Is, is right. basically what it is. And their hostas are probably their favorite. But I've seen them gnaw azaleas right down. Look like yeah. you had rubbed the roots off with sandpaper. Oh, any kind of plant. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, well, somebody had told me they're going after grubs. Or no, that, no, no, that's a mole. A mole eats grubs. So if you see yeah. the little tunnels in yards, that's the moles that cause that, and you have to kill the grubs. But the voles are vegetarians. They are eating. Uh, oh, just the plant. They're eating yeah. just a plant. Yeah. Now, you a lot of people that have a trouble with it when they plant new stuff, we recommend they get permatil yes. and incorporate because that's baked slate, which has a real rough texture. The moles have really soft feet, and they don't like to claw through something that's rough. So you can take and incorporate that around where you think the root ball would be as the plant matures. And when the voles start digging through it, they run into that, and they turn around and go somewhere else. And yeah. what's that called again? Uh, Permatil. You can buy bags of it at any good garden center. It's just a uh, slate that's uh, kiln dried, yeah. and it uh, looks like kinda... pea gravel, but it's a lot lighter and a lot rougher yeah. to touch. And they, right. their little feet don't like that. I have uh, soft feet, and I don't like walking yeah. on it either. <laughs> I, yeah, so. Well, I thank y'all very much. You're welcome. Right, thank you, Sandra. Good day. I, I had a couple of hot dogs at uh, Yarborough's last Saturday. My oh, wa- wonderful! My wife and I went went through. We we always stop at Yarborough's. Yep. Oh, that's a good place to eat. It is. It's a fun place to eat. And I've been to Big Bloomers plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. What a great group of people they are. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Let's go to Donald in Broadway. Donald, thanks for waiting. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Just a quick question. The lady that was talking about the irises for sale. Yeah. It's at the Arboretum. J.C. Ralston Arboretum here in Raleigh, close to the fairgrounds. Yeah. Burl, Burl Road. B-E-R-Y-L. It's uh, the, the J.C. Ralston Arboretum, and you can uh, Google that. And they are in the Ruby McSwain building, which is the main building. Main building from yeah. the, when you come in from the parking lot. Right. That's where the information desk is, and et cetera, okay. et cetera. Thank, thank you all very much. I do enjoy your show. I listen to it every Saturday. Thank you very much. I'll yeah, see you out there, Donald. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Give my regards to Broadway. Uh, Thelma, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. I don't know what happened. I think Monica did this. She had. Yeah. She gave it to me. She had laryngitis. And, uh, Thelma's in Cary. Hey, Thelma. Yes, good morning. I've got a problem with Korean cucumbers. I have them planted in an earth box, and I have a earth, I mean, an eggplant in a pot nearby. The young man is complaining that the cucumbers are bitter. Would that be a cause of it? They're not in. They're, they're, are they planted in the same box? No, but they're 
like six feet apart. I, I don't think that would have any relation on it. Is this a particular cucumber that you've grown year after year after year, or is this one that's new to you this year? No, this is a brand new one. It's a Korean cucumber. It's like a English cucumber. L- long, slender one? Yes. Uh, with small seeds in it? Yes. Some of them just taste like that. <laughs> I didn't want to say that too loud to offend anybody, huh. uh, but oh, it, it, it it may not be that uncommon for that particular variety. Uh, and what you find is that not all cucumbers taste the same. Uh, but if that's what you grew up eating, then you probably have a prefer a preference for that. Me, I grew up eating pickling cucumbers, and I still think they're better green than slicing cucumbers are. Uh, but okay. it's not if the if it's healthy if the fruit are normal shaped and all that that eggplant being anywhere close by is not not affected it on any kind of pollination that's affected the flavor of that that would be okay. highly 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 unlikely just may be uh, that particular cucumber uh, how how it tastes. All right. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy your program. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Thelma. Thelma and Carrie. Now, I was looking on, uh, I said, I went on Google and said, why are some cucumbers bitter? And the answer here was the bitterness is in cucumbers is produced by the compound cuberbitacin. Cuberbitacins are normally found in the leaves, stems, and roots of cucumber plants. The cuberbitacins spread from the vegetative parts of the plant into the cucumber fruit. Hot, dry weather is usually responsible for the bitterness of cucumbers in Iowa. Now, I, don't know, I don't know if that applies well, to North it, Carolina. It, you, you see, sometimes you could see that in North Carolina if they were field-grown yeah. and like we had the weather we had up until 10 days, two weeks ago. I, I would imagine she, she had it in a if she had it in an earth box as self-watering, so mm. it shouldn't have been under that kind of stress. Yeah. But I have seen things when you have – Hotter than normal weather, it affects the flavor of it. You can grow the same tomato in the same area three years in a row, and it tastes a little bit different every year depending upon the physiological effects from the environment and how it's tweaked a little bit or another. Uh, I was going to tell uh, Thelma to look, if she grew it from seed, look for the variety Tasty Jade, J-A-D-E, which is a long Japanese cucumber, I particularly like how that one uh, tastes. So, and I would maybe try it again a second year. I, I don't go to three strikes, but sometimes I'll allow two strikes and maybe something about the weather. But that's more likely the case than, you know, uh, some kind of pollination issue or, or something else. Let me remind you again to, to go to the WPTF website and to the contest tab and register to win a hummingbird feeder prize package from the folks at wild birds unlimited and they always give away great prizes so uh please do that brother rufus and gerald what uh what are y'all going to be doing this week in the or what do you recommend that people be doing in the landscape this week well, I, I want to talk a little bit about this beautiful rose of sharon that you oh, gave yeah, me yeah in that a, uh, several years a, ago it, gorgeous it's not variegated it, it's i think gerald identified it it looks like strawberry it's pink with a little bit of tint 
It's either um, I think it's either pink chiffon or it could be strawberry smoothie. They're the two varieties. Strawberry off, smoothie. I'll bet you that's off, it. Off the top of my head that it looks like. Now there's a hydrangea that's called strawberry yep. smoothie too. Yep. Uh, and this these do not shoot up little sprouts. They, they don't seed. And I was talking about rooting. It should be easy to root. And I I I just love. Rosa Shern, uh, this, this old gal, said uh, used to work for me, and I said, what's your name? She said, Shern. I said, well, Sharon. Cheryl, <laughs> Cheryl and Shern. You're doing hey, good uh, work. <clears throat> peppermint peppermint smoothie, uh, it looks like it. Ah, so, uh, that makes I, sense. Let me see what the uh, – yeah. I don't know if the leaves – yeah, they, these are not variegated leaves. Yeah, this one's on a here. green leaf on this yeah. one. Yeah. Showing so it might, it might be um, – it might be peppermint smoothie. That's what it. That's that. That sounds familiar. But I, I just pretty. think that everybody out there. pretty. If Rosa Sharon, I've given away. I, I think I've got them all over the county now. <laughs> and you're going gonna to try and root this one, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they're so easy to grow. I don't know any diseases. Do you, Gerald? No, no. Uh, you can't. Uh, they will bend over a little bit when they get a lot of blooms on them. A lot of blooms on them. But one reason. Whenever I bend over, I usually get kicked. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something I always try to avoid. <laughs> I try to, when I bend over, I try to get it back up. <laughs> I am, I am that, 81 years old now. That, that is an issue. It <clears throat> certainly is an issue. But uh, in the landscape, what are some things we can be doing, Gerald? Well, most people are probably dealing with weeds because they're out the wazoo uh, now, and that just goes with the territory, especially we went dry, and now all of a sudden we got a bunch of rain, and the weeds are happy like everything else is happy now. Um, it, it's still uh, – we've come back in and done some touch-up mulching, uh, getting – you know, we're kind of working towards student move-in in the beginning of classes now and trying to shape up some areas and – Besides looking good, mulching still helps to suppress the weed some, so that's another side benefit from us. But mostly I'm starting to enjoy all the vegetables coming out of the garden now. Finally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And wrestling with some of the disease issues that unfortunately go along with that and uh, saving saving lots of seed. And I'm in the process of putting up another greenhouse, so I'll have even more plants to offer next year. And uh, your website? GeraldandHenrysPlants.com. And you can always shoot me an email at GeraldandHenrysPlants at gmail.com. Now, Monica says her daddy always said dry weather caused cucumbers to be more bitter. And I've yeah. heard many old older folks say yeah. the same thing. So it must be true. All right, boys. Thank you very much. It's always a fun time with you fellas on. And uh, thanks to our listeners. And uh, God love you. We'll... We'll see you next week on The Weekend Gardener.